someone listening to this message, it is the commencement of a journey to destiny. For someone else, it is a confirmation. For yet another, it is a continuation of a journey to destiny. The Word will work wonders in you and for you. I have titled this Trust God for the Kingdom. Trust God for the kingdom, okay? Uh, um, let's read together. Let's start with Revelation 11, verse 15. I'll be reading the NLT, the New Living Translation. Revelation 11, verse 15. The Bible says, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices shouting in heaven, The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Praise the Lord. Lord, thank you for your word tonight. So, I know it's the beginning of the year, and um, like our senior pastor also declared, that is our year to just trust in God. And all through this month, we have been looking at that theme, trust in God. So we are trusting God tonight that is going to reveal himself more and more to us even in this service. So as our custom is in our church, for example, we always encourage people to set goals for the beginning of the year. So people have set financial goals, we've set family goals, we've set marital goals, we've set career goals, health goals, personal development goals. So we have a lot of them. But can I ask you a question tonight? Do you have kingdom goals? Please think about that for a second and, and just hold that thought. Okay, uh, uh, I, I trust God tonight that uh, for everyone watching or that will listen to this again, we will be steered up in our hearts to be able to understand how much God wants to give us the kingdom and we will also understand the implications of what it means to trust God for the kingdom, what it means to trust God for the kingdom. This is very important for us as believers. So the Bible says that the, the, the trumpet, the, the last angel sounded the trumpet and he shouted, the kingdoms of this world has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ and it shall reign forever and ever. Let's take another scripture. Let's read together Luke 12, 22 to 32 so we can know how important kingdom goals are to God. How important our kingdom goals to God. Let's read together Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, I'll read from verse 22 to, um, to 32. It's quite a long read, so let's, let's do this together. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as he had. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? 
And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and it will give you everything you need. Now, if you don't mind, let's read verse 32 together. Echo it from wherever you may be watching from. So don't be afraid, little flock. For it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Don't be afraid, little flock. For it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. So you can type in the chat room, it gives the father great happiness to give me the kingdom. So the kingdom is very important to God and he is so interested. The Bible says he is happy, he is delighted to give you and high the kingdom. So Jesus said, don't worry about what every other person worry about. The, the, what kind of food we're going to eat, the clothes we're going to wear. He said, everyone all over the world, everyone who doesn't have understanding of how kingdom um, issues uh, uh, work, he said, this is, these are the things that dominate your mind. So he said, you don't bother yourself about those things. He said, you just focus on the kingdom. He said, just focus on, on the kingdom because your father wants to give you the kingdom. It is his will. It is his joy. He derives pleasure in giving you the kingdom. So if God wants to give you the kingdom, why are you not excited about taking the kingdom? That is a question I'm going to ask you tonight. God wants to give you the kingdom, but you're setting goals for every other area of your life, but you don't have kingdom goals. Are we together, people? So if God wants to give you, he is delighted to give you, it shows how important it is to God. If it is important to God, then it has to be important to you as, as his child, as his son and, and his daughter. So it's so important to God because he wants to give it to you. Also in Matthew 6 verse 10, Jesus was teaching us to pray. So he said, whenever you pray, he said, pray like this. He said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He said, the first thing you're going to ask for, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how important, how paramount the kingdom is to Jesus. The kingdom is to God. It is so important. He said, in all your asking, let it be the first thing that comes to your mind whenever you are going to talk to your father. He said, as you worship him, as you adore him, whenever you're going to ask for anything, the first thing that should come to your mind as a son, as a daughter, as a child of God, he said, just say, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom matters so much to God. It matters so much to him. Also, why is, um, why is it important for us to have kingdom goals? The truth is that there are so many things on heart we will not be able to influence until we have the perspective of the kingdom and we can take our place in the kingdom. Let me say that again. There are so many things on heart we will never be able to influence until we gain perspective of the kingdom and we can take our place on earth. When we gain perspective, and we can take our place, then we begin to influence things. Let me show you one critical example in the Bible. If you don't mind, let's read together Esther, Esther chapter, um, chapter 3. I'll read verse 1, and then I'll jump from 6 to 10. Esther 3, 
If you have it, you can display it so um, I can just run through Esther chapter 3. Okay, good. So um, Esther 3 from verse 1, the Bible says, Sometime later, King Xerxes promoted Aman, son of Amadetta, the Agagite, over all the other nobles, making him the most powerful official in the empire. Let's jump to verse 6. Let's jump to verse 6, please. Okay, so he had learned of Mordecai's nationality, so he decided it was not enough to lay hand on Mordecai alone. Instead, he looked for a way to destroy all the Jews throughout the entire empire of Saxis. Let's go ahead, verse 7. So in the month of April, during the, uh, during the, I didn't see that well. Okay, during the 12th year of King Saxis' reign, yes. So, um, let me just read from, let me read from my Bible. It's looking too far. So let me read from verse 7, okay? So, from verse 7. So in the month of April, during the 12th year of King Xerxes' reign, lots were cast in Aman's presence. The lots were called Purim to determine the best day and month to take action. And the day selected was March 7, nearly a year later. Then Aman approached King Xerxes and said, There is a certain race of people scattered through all the provinces of your empire who keep themselves separate from everyone else. Their laws are different from those of any other people, and they refuse to obey the laws of the king. So it is not in the king's interest to let them live. If it please the king, issue a decree that they be destroyed, and I will give 10,000 large sacks of silver to the government administrators to be deposited in the royal treasury. The king agreed confirming his decision by removing his signet ring from his finger and giving it to Aman, son of Amadeta, the Agagites, the enemy of the Jews. So this is a typical example of taking your place in the kingdom. So the Bible said there was a particular man, a man, he was an Agagite. If we remember, Saul, gave, uh, Saul received an instruction from Samuel to go and destroy the Agagites. The king that Saul spared was Agag, that Samuel killed, uh, killed later. So um, history has it that this Aman was a descendant of that king. So he was an Agagite. So the Bible was specific to state the, how the guy came. And this guy rose to be one of the most powerful men in the entire province, uh, in the entire kingdom of, um, uh, in, in, the, in the entire Persian kingdom. And there were about 127 provinces then in the entire Persian kingdom. This guy was one of the strongest men. So he had somebody who was a Jew. And he understood what the Jews, what Israel did to them when, um, uh, uh, in the time of his, uh, his ancestors, Agag. So for him, this was his payback time. So instead of dealing with Mordecai, because Mordecai refused to bow to him, Mordecai knew that this guy was an Agagite, and the Jew, a Jew will not bow to an Agagite. So he refused to honor him, probably because he also knew the kind of person he was. All right? So here we see Agag, um, um, Haman, and he said, okay, you guys destroyed my father. Now it's my time to take my pound of flesh. All right? So he went to the king and said, let us issue a decree. He knew that if he was going to take out the entire race, it would, it would be something impossible for him to do. He had to take it from the dimension of the kingdom. 
How will that happen by issuing a policy? In fact, he financed the policy by himself. He gave 10,000 sacks of silver and said, King, don't worry, I will handle this matter. All I need is your signet ring. Thank God the story did not end there. Thank God that Mordecai had enough, um, enough premonition many years before that to present Esther for the beauty pageant and, 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 and gracefully Esther became the queen of that land. So that was how the story turned around. So from the boardroom, Esther tackled it from the bedroom. Amen, somebody. All right, so <laughs> there are some things we will never be able to influence on earth if we don't have kingdom mindset and if we don't take our place on earth. As kingdom people, there are so many things we will never be able to influence on earth. If we read down um, um, the, the, the last verse in um, um, the last verse in, in that chapter three, let me just read that verse fifteen. The Bible says, "At the king's command, the decree went out by sweet messengers, and it was also proclaimed in the fortress of, of Shusha." Then the king and Aman sat down to drink, but the city of Shusha fell into confusion, and the entire city was thrown into confusion because of a decree, and the king was unperturbed. He and his boy, they were just sat and they were sipping. Their whatever they were drinking, you know, and that's what happens when, when, when evil people are allowed to rule, when people who don't understand the kingdom are allowed to, 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 to take places, positions of authority. They will issue decrees that will throw everybody in opera, but they are unperturbed, they are untouched, they don't even understand what is happening to any other person. So if you have the kingdom mindset then, and you take your place, then we can change things. We can influence things. Praise God. So it is so important to God. Our world will remain depraved, debauched, and in a progressive state of moral decadence until we begin to drive the principles, the power, the purposes, and the person of the kingdom into the consciousness of people. Let me take that again. Our world will remain depraved, debauched, and in a progressive state of moral decadence until we begin to drive the principles, the power, the purposes, and the passing of the kingdom into the consciousness of people. Let, let's read quickly Isaiah 2, verse 2 to 4. Isaiah 2, verse 2 to 4. Let's read quickly Isaiah 2, verse 2 to 4. Very important. Isaiah 2, verse 2 to 4. The Bible says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be highest of all the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills and people from all over the world will stream to worship. People from many nations will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways and we will walk in his path. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. Verse 4, the Lord will mediate between nations and will settle international disputes. They will armor their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will 
no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. So the, uh, the Bible is telling us here that in the last days, the mountain of the lost house will be exalted above every other mountains, meaning that he uh, said the law will go out of Zion, the law will go out of the church. There will be people that God will raise who have the understanding of the kingdom and who would go all out and begin to influence things and begin to change things. And the Bible says that when the teaching of the Lord now saturates the earth, the Bible says the knowledge of the Lord will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. When we fill the earth with the teachings, the principles, the power, and the person of the kingdom, and people begin to have this perspective, this dimension of living, then what will happen is that is that the Lord will now begin to mediate between nations. So there is war and war going on from all over the world, killings and all of that. We can only change that when the kingdom people begin to take their place. That's when God begins to reign in the psyche and in the consciousness of the people. Said they will armor their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. What do we have today in some parts of my country, for example, farmers can no longer go to war, uh, to, sorry, to the farm rather, because instead of using weapons to, uh, instead of uh, weapons of agriculture, equipments of agriculture rather, they have turned it to weapons. But here the Bible is saying that at that time it will happen that people will now begin to, to, to shape their spears into weapons for, for agriculture. So there will be food in the land. There will not be scarcity. There will be food when kingdom people take their place. Praise God. It said nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. So we need to take our place as a people. That's the challenge for us tonight. We need to take our place. So what are the implications for us? How do you reign by trusting God for the kingdom? So let me share with us these five principles and, and, and I'll close. We'll just pray and we'll close for tonight. So how do you reign by trusting God for the kingdom? So um, I'm going to use the acronym REIGN. Okay, R-E-I-G-N, REIGN. So the first one is your resolution. Your resolution. Let's read together Joshua 14. I'll be taking, I'll be using Joshua 14 and, and had one or two verses um, to, um, to, to drive home this point. So let me tell us what happened in Joshua 14. So here Caleb went to meet Joshua and said, there was a land that, jo that uh, Moses allotted to, to me um, after we went to, to, to survey the land, um, uh, the land of the Philistines. He said, so I, I brought good news to, to, to him and he gave me this land. So he went to meet Joshua. He said, so give me this mountain now. So give me this mountain. So uh, let's read Joshua 14 verse 8. Joshua 14 verse 8, what did Joshua say to, uh, to, to uh, what did Caleb say to Joshua? In verse 8, he said, but my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I followed, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So here, Caleb said, for my own part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. If you are going to reign on earth by trusting God for the kingdom, if you want to take the kingdom for God, you trust God that, yes, God, I believe that you've called me to be a kingdom ambassador and I'm going to take my place on earth, there has to be a resolution. So here, Caleb said, I followed God wholeheartedly. 
I followed God wholeheartedly. So in, in principle, Caleb was standing alone. Yes, he went with Joshua, but in principle, he was alone. So sometimes when you decide to follow God wholeheartedly, you will suffer rejection. Sometimes you will suffer aloneness. But you must never be afraid of being alone because rejection is what you get when your thoughts do not align with group thinking. Jesus said, even though you are in this world, you are not of the world. He said, if you are in this world, the world will have accepted you. So because you are not in this world, so because your thinking is different from their thinking, you need to be resolute that even if it means going alone, then you are going to go all with God. People will naturally express shock at your audacity. So who is this person? Who does he think he is? They're going to call you different names, but you will, not, you will not budge because you have an understanding that God is with you and is leading you on this journey. Amen, somebody. So when you persist, what happens is that the people now move from shock to anger. Like, <laughs> why, why would we even, even look at him? Why would we even consider him in the first place? Okay, so when people get to this point, sometimes they attack you. Sometimes they say many things about you. Okay, the attack could be physical, it could be mental, and in some parts of the world, it could be diabolical. But you know what? In all of it, you have to be resolute. You need to maintain your stand. If you survive the attack phase, people will gradually begin to pay attention to you. That acceptance will make room for you and give you a good share of people's hearts. So be resolute. Just wait. Hold on. The same people who are rejecting you now, if you persist, if you keep holding on to God, they will come to you and start collaborating with you and say, look, can we do things together? Because they have now seen the hand of God on your life. That's what happens. They will see the hand of God on your life. And I'm praying for someone today, that place where you've suffered rejection because you have stood for God. I pray that the same people who said no to you, they will say yes to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray for someone that as you go forth from this service, as you go forth from experiencing this message again, and you go with this understanding, doors begin to open unto you on their own accord. In the name of Jesus, so what's the second thing you do if you're going to trust God to take the kingdom from this passage? The second one, envision. Envision. So let's read Joshua 14, 9, and I'll also read Genesis 13. Joshua 14, 9. So the Bible says, So that day Moses solemnly promised me, the land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your, your grant of land and that of your descendants forever, because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Let's also read Genesis 13. Genesis 13, I'll read from verse 14 to 17. So here God was talking to Abraham. The Bible says, And Lord, after Lord had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I am giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. 
As a kingdom person, you need to see beyond your nose. Jesus said in that opening passage we read, Luke chapter 12, he said you don't have to bug yourself with what to eat or, 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 or the clothes to wear. He said that is what affects people who don't have kingdom mentality. He said you set your affection on the kingdom, set your heart on the kingdom because the Father desires to give you the kingdom. Set your heart on the kingdom. And so when you begin to set your heart on the kingdom, begin to envision yourself taking territories, taking places, taking dominion, occupying spaces for Jesus. Begin to envision yourself. So Caleb said, I walk through the land. Sometimes you would physically walk through a place and begin to tell yourself, wherever the sole of my foot shall tread, I take for possession. Sometimes you would physically walk on a place and sometimes you also walk in your mind mentally. You see yourself going to places. You see yourself traveling places and you know what? Uh, there is a place where you don't need visa. There is a place where nobody can stop you in your mind. You can travel to any part of the world. From people's mind, they've gone to the moon, they've gone to the sun, and that is why we see a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of innovations today. Because for you to successfully take someone to the moon or the sun or any other planet, you must have been there first in your mind. So whatever you can conceive, you can also achieve for God. Yes, you can. So walk through the land, envision yourself, envision God doing great things through you. You might have come from, from, um, from a very low background, but God does not need your background. Amen. It doesn't matter where you're born from. Jesus was born in a manger. So you may not have a noble birth. You might not be born with any spoon in your mouth. It doesn't matter. God can turn your story around. The day you discover it, that's the day it begins to happen. So envision God doing great things in your life. You can only ask for the land that you have walked through. And in fact, you can never ask for something that has never been in your subconscious. You can never ask for something that has never been in your subconscious. I used to say uh, that there is nothing in life called slip of tongue because you can never mistakenly use a word that you have never heard before, except you are speaking in tongues. Did you get that? You can never use you can never mistakenly use a word or say something that you have never thought about or heard before. So you must have heard it or you must have thought about it. It only came at a time you were not expecting. That's why you say slip of tongue. So it's not slip of tongue. It's just that it came when you were not expecting. All right? So you can never experience something except it is forced in your subconscious. You can walk through physically, like I said, or mentally, until you see it, you cannot seize it. So for you to reign in life, trusting God to take over kingdoms, you must allow God to play with your mind. Don't limit God in what you can see. Don't limit God in how far you can go. That's the challenge tonight. So the, the third one is ignition. Ignition. Wow, this one is very powerful. Okay, ignition. Let's read together Joshua 14 verse 11. Joshua 14 verse 11. Joshua says something about himself. All right. In verse 11, he said, I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey, and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. <laughs> I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. 
So for 40 years, Caleb hadn't lost his strength. For 40 years, Caleb was still as strong as when Moses sent him out. Let's read together somewhere in the New Testament, Romans chapter 12, verse 11. I I prefer that we read that from um, AMPC. Romans 12, verse 11. Let's read from AMPC. Um, If you have it, please help me display it. Romans 12, 11. So the Bible says, never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. So if you're going to take territories for God, it's not something you're going to walk into. It's not something you're going to stroll into. Because you're fighting against, against the mindset. You're fighting against, against principalities and powers. So as a person, as a Christian, you need to maintain your spiritual fervor. Devil will always position people and situations to to distract you, to derail you, but you have to tell yourself, no, I keep pressing on. The Bible says the righteous man will fall seven times, he will rise again. So whenever you go in and you fall, don't stay there and be pitying yourself. Don't call a pity party on yourself. Keep moving. If you keep celebrating pity parties, you will never become a celebrity. You will never become celebrated. Praise God. You can't keep allowing pity parties around yourself. Keep moving. If you fall, rise again. Maintain your spiritual fervor. Maintain your fervency. Caleb said, as I was 40 years ago, he said, I can still go to war. Just give me the land. Give the command and I will take it. Just give the command. So maintain your fervor. Maintain your fervor. Maintain your fervor. Satan will never allow you to take anything for God without a fight. You will fight for it. That's why we call it the fight of faith. You will fight for it. Yes. So you have to be strong. Maintain your spiritual fervor. So the next one we're going to talk about is the giant. Yeah, the giant. So that's the fourth one, the giant. You need to confront the people that are taking over the place right now. You need to confront them. You need to stand your ground and say, look, I know you guys don't have the interest of the kingdom and I'm going to take you out. That's how it works. <laughs> you need to confront the giant. So Joshua 14 verse 12, what did Joshua say there? Joshua 14 12. Joshua 14 verse 12. All right, so Joshua said, so give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as cows, we found a descendant of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. If the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. You must learn to confront the giants. You must learn to confront the people who would not allow the principles of God to dwell in the, heart, in the hearts of people, who will not allow God to reign freely on the earth. We must learn to confront situations and circumstances. We cannot run away. We cannot keep saying, oh, uh, this is a dirty game. I don't want to play it. This one is not good for a Christian. You must be right there. Engage them in their own territory. That is how it works. Like, like, like we say in, in, in sports, that the best form of defense is attack. Okay, so you don't just stay and be taken in and be taken in. You also launch your attack. That's how to fight. That's how to win. Praise God. So you confront the giant. 
You confront the giants. Let me read quickly Daniel 11 from verse 21. Um, I hope I'll be able uh, to, um, to go as deep as I would have loved to. Daniel 11, let me read from verse 21 to 32. I, I want to show us some kingdom strategies here. All right. So here, Daniel was seeing a vision about what is going to happen next, about a king that was coming. So he said, the next to come to power will be a, desp- a despicable man who is not in line for royal succession. Now look at that. This person is not in line for royal succession, but yet he rose to power. How did he do it? So there's someone here you'll be asking yourself, oh, I'm not, I'm not in line. I'm not, I'm not qualified. So how do you learn to rise to power? So it will slip in when least expected and take over the kingdom by flattery and intrigue. Before him, great armies will be swept away, including a covenant prince. With deceitful promises, it will make various alliances. It will become strong despite having only a handful of followers. Only a handful of followers. Note that. Without warning, it will enter the richest areas of the land. Then it will distribute among its followers the plunder and wealth of the rich. Something his predecessors had never done. It will plot the overthrow of strongholds, but, but this will last for only a short while. He will stir up his courage and raise a great army against the king of the south. The king of the south will go to battle with a mighty army, but to no avail, for there will be plots against him. His own household will cause his downfall. His army will be swept away, and many will be killed. Seeking nothing but others' arm, these kings will plot against each other. Let me jump to verse 26, 28. The king of the north will then return home with great riches. On the way, he will set himself against the people of the Holy Covenant. Now, I want you to note that the king of the north will then return home with great riches. On the way, he will set himself against the people of the Holy Covenant, doing much damage before continuing his journey. Then at the appointed time, it will once again invade the south, but this time the result will be different. For warships from western coastlands will scare him off, and he will withdraw and return home. But it will vent its anger against the people of the Holy Covenant. It will vent its anger again against the people of the Holy Covenant and reward those who forsake the covenant. Its army will take over the temple fortress, pollute the sanctuary, put a stop to the daily sacrifices, and set of the sacrilegious objects that causes desecration. Now, this is the verse that many of us normally quote. Let me read verse 32. I will add it to it. It said, It will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and will resist him. In KJV, it said, They that know their God will be strong and do exploits. I know this is the verse that many of us are aware of in the entire Daniel. Daniel 11, 32. They that know their God shall be strong and, and will do exploits. But you know what? We have quoted this scripture long enough in the the church and the Christians are still being exploited till today because it is not only knowing God that will help you to do exploit, it is in understanding kingdom strategies. Amen, somebody. So if you read that, if you read up from, from where this guy came from, the Bible says that he was not even in line for, um, uh, uh, to the throne. He doesn't have anything to do with the throne, but how did he get there? So let me just highlight one or two things, and then um, and, 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 and I'll call it a wrap. He said, it will sleep in when least expected. 
and take over the kingdom by flattery and intrigue. Now, what weapon do we use today to communicate flattery and intrigue? Media, movies, that's what we use to communicate intrigue, okay? Sometimes when they are showing um, um, uh, the advert uh, of a particular uh, movie, you see intriguing, okay? And you watch it, you say it's intriguing. What is entering into your subconscious is intrigue. You are following and aligning your thoughts with another person's thoughts subconsciously. How did Barack Obama become the first black president? They introduced, in, there was a movie raining then, 24, and then they introduced to us a black president into 24. And into, inside the subconscious of people, it just becomes, oh, okay, it's not bad to experience a black president. And then people went to vote, and they voted the black president. Intriguing. Somehow, something is changing, but you are not seeing it, okay? So sometimes we are just taking in some, a lot of content. We are taking in a whole lot of things, but we don't even know that those things are changing our mindset. They are changing our perspectives to life. They are changing. So this is how this guy would come in. And you will not even know that he is trying to correct something. He is trying to shape your mind. Okay? So, and that comes with reorientation. As, as Christians, as believers, we need, to, we need to up our reorientation game. If you are trusting God for the kingdom this year, what are you what are you contributing to helping people to think like God, to see like God, to, to, to feel like God? What is your own contribution beyond your own personal goals to have um, uh, millions in your accounts, um, uh, to, to, to rise to become the CEO of your company? To what extent? To what intent? To what purpose? After you've achieved all of that, so how does it, how does it amount to, to, to growing, to, uh, to expanding the kingdom? And that's why we need to have kingdom mindset and have kingdom goals. Amen, somebody. So um, we must learn to confront the occupants, must learn to confront the giants. And I will close with this one, name, 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 and that's the last one. Joshua 14, I will close from 13 to 15. So what did Joshua do uh, um, about the land that Caleb gave him? Joshua 14, I will close with that. Joshua 14, verse 13 to 15. So the Bible says, Joshua blessed Caleb's son of Jephunneh and gave Hebron to him as his portion of land. Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb's son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Now look at this, verse 15. Previously, Hebron had been called Kiriat Abba. It had been named after Haba, a great hero of the descendants of Anak, and the land Add rest from war. So what did Caleb do? He named the land that was given to him. He named the land. So many of us, we found ourselves in some particular territories for a time and a season. You need to understand that wherever you are right now on the surface of the earth, you are there for a season and you are there for a reason. So what you name that land or what you name your situation or what you name your circumstance will define your expectations and your experiences. What you name your situation, what you name your land will define your experiences your expectations and your experiences. So you need to understand what are you calling your land wherever you are right now. What are you calling it? A name is one of the most powerful words on earth. I'm telling you, the truth is that you hear your name more than any other thing. If you look around, if somebody wants to communicate with you, the first thing they say is your name to call your attention. 
So you hear your name more than every other word on earth. So names are powerful. Names are powerful. Names are powerful. The first task that God gave Adam, the first fulfilled task of Adam, was to name all the animals. The Bible says God brought the animals to him to see what he would call them. And, and whatever Adam called them, that was their name. Whatever Adam called them, that was their name. What, whatever name you give to your territory, that is what it is. That is what it is. Whatever you call your territory defines your expectation and experience. So let me ask you once again, what do you call your situation? What do you call your country? What do you call your environment? What do you call your family? What do you call your industry? And who do you call yourself? How do you see yourself? Because what you call yourself determines your expectations, and your expectations create your experiences. So tonight we've shared on how God desires to give us a kingdom, and I shared five implications of that. I said for you as a Christian, you need to be resolute. Your resolution is very important. You need to make up your mind. Joshua followed God wholeheartedly. So we need to choose who are you going to follow today? Who are you going to follow from henceforth? For Joshua, he said, look, <laughs> for, for Caleb, brother, he said, I'm following God wholeheartedly, even if it means I'm going to stand alone, I'm going to stand for God. So your resolution is very important. Number two, envision. You need to see it. See God giving you territories. See God giving you kingdoms. See God giving you your space on earth. If you cannot envision it, you cannot experience it. Very important, envision, and we talk about ignition. We say you must stay ignited for God, stay on fire, stay aglow. You cannot afford to lose your spiritual fervor, your sensitivity to God, to the spirit of God, to understand the leadings, the dimensions of God. What worked yesterday, what worked two days ago may not work again. You need to have that understanding. And we talked about the giants. You need to confront the people occupying the land. They are not more talented than you. They are not more skillful than you. They are, they are not better than you. They only believed in what they had. And, 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 and they made so much noise about it. So I want to encourage you. You've got what it takes to kick out the giants occupying your territory, occupying your industry, occupying even the organization where you work, you've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. Maintain your ground. Stand, and God will give you the territory. And the last one I said, name. What name are you calling your situation? What name are you calling your circumstance? What name are you calling your country? What name do you call yourself? What name do you call yourself? So can, can we just pray tonight? Let's pray that the Lord will help us to take over territories for him. As we go all through this year, Jesus said, the Lord is happy. He said, your God is happy to give you the kingdom. It is the Father's joy. It is the Father's will to give you the kingdom. Can you just pray wherever you are and say, Lord, I receive this word for you. I receive the kingdoms of the world for you. The Bible says, the, the opening chapter where we read uh, Revelations 11:15, 15, it said, the kingdoms of this world 
has become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever. Can you just go ahead tonight and begin to pray and say, Lord, I receive grace to take over nations for you. Lord, I receive grace to take over territories for you. I will not be running elter-skelter anymore. I choose to stand for God in my place of work. I choose to stand for God in my community. I choose to stand for God everywhere I found myself. No more running. No more running. Lord, can you pray for ideas? Can you pray for inspiration? on how to begin to engage your industry, to begin to engage the giants that, that are already occupying that space where you should be. Can you begin to pray, Lord, I receive strategies, I receive ideas, I receive inspirations. One of the things about, about that king we read about in, in Daniel, the Bible says he made strategic alliances. Can you begin to pray that, Lord, the people I need to take over kingdoms, to take over territories, to do something great for you. Lord, I attract them into my life. I attract the resources that I need. I attract the opportunities that I need to take over kingdoms for you. As I go forth in this year 2022, Lord, not only am I going to be successful financially, I want to be successful for the kingdom. I want to be successful for bringing men, for bringing souls to you, Jesus. Lord, open my eyes of understanding. Give me the strategies that I need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Can I pray for someone tonight? You know that your relationship with God is not okay. So you, you know that you may not even be able to experience what we just shared tonight because you know that you don't have even any relationship with God. Remember, Jesus said, it is your Father's will to give you the kingdom. So if you are not yet a child of God, then you need to, to, to subscribe, okay? You need to subscribe. For you to begin to receive some emails from a particular organization, you must subscribe to their newsletter. So I'm encouraging you today, you need to subscribe. Subscribe, okay? Subscribe to God. Subscribe to Jesus. Can I pray with you tonight? You want to accept Jesus into your life as your Savior. You want to become a child of God from wherever you are. Just put your hand on your heart and let me pray with you right now. Let me pray with you. The same power, the same word will heal you and you'll begin to have some amazing visitations of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you are that honest person, can you say, Lord, I give you my heart tonight. Lord, I believe that you have died for my sins. I believe that you have come to deliver me. You have come to save me. I release myself to you tonight. And Lord, I pray that you will become my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my faculty. Take over my thought. Take over my mind. I accept you tonight as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah. That's one of the most effective decisions you can ever make in your life. If you said that prayer, our, our, our chat host just dropped a link in the chat room. Please click on that link and, and, and share your experience with us. Give us your details. We have some resources we want to send across to you as you go on this journey. And we trust God that by as you go through this year, it will be your most successful, your most blessed 
year ever in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for everyone that has participated in tonight's service. We ask, Lord, that this word will take root downward and will bear fruit in our lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for grace to take over nations, to take over territories, to take over industries for you. We give you all the praise, mighty Father. Thank you, awesome God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Hallelujah. We believe that the wonders of the Word of God have begun. For additional information, call 01793-7415 or 01815-1435 or email us at contactus at deathstarmg.org. Join us for any of our four services at 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. at Plot A3C, Ikosi Road, Oregon, Lagos, Nigeria. You could also visit our website at www.daystarng.org. Or watch the church service at www.daystarng.tv. You are destined to succeed. You will succeed.